everyone, I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, school chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst, and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. Great to have you all here with us again. I'm glad you're listening and thank you for all the feedback that people have been giving. It seems as though this is a a good thing to do to have our school podcast, Walk the Mile, and I hope it does help people uh, in connecting, in discussions, in conversations as much as possible. We are still finding our way in creating this podcast. Uh, If you've uh, been listening... We've had a few little issues with sound quality and we're still trying to work that out, so please bear with us. And uh, if you've got any ideas as to how we might improve the quality of how things are are made, that would be really helpful. I appreciate anything that comes my way. Today's our last episode for the year. Uh, And today we're looking at the end of the year being Christmas and the significance or the relevance of it in our society and how it might even be different this year because of everything that's gone on in 2020. So I'm having a conversation today with Marg Nylon, who's our Head of Religious Education. She's been here for four years and she's also Head of Boarding. We've got a few boarders who stay down at St Vincent's College in Potts Point and she looks after those girls very well. She's had a history, Mark's had a history of working in a, um, a boarding house in Orange, teaching uh, RE and teaching uh, social sciences, a whole range of things, very interesting history. So welcome Mark, good to have you here. Thanks Gary, it's good to be here. Now, uh, We're talking about this idea of the relevance of Christmas. What do you think Christmas has to offer all people? Not just the Christmas story. What do you think it has to offer people? I think it offers people a time of rest and reprieve. Mm -hmm. It's really unusual in Australia that Christmas is in summer. So it equates for Australians as their long summer break which allows families to get together, people to spend time with their friends, have a break from their work life. And in that secular sense, it marks the end, the beginning of the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So I think it is relevant that it allows people the time to travel, to connect, um, to rest, and to start to look forward to the following year. So a bit of a turning point, a bit of a, a bookmark. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, to to start sure. again. Now this year has been a tumultuous year for many people. It's been uh, due to the pandemic, due to the consequences of the pandemic, be it financial, be it health, uh, isolation, whole new ways of doing things. How do you think that might affect the way we do Christmas this year? I think it will. For some people who have had distance and barriers in place where they haven't been able to be with family and friends, I think the anticipation of Christmas this year might be greater. That if all these borders open up and the restrictions are uh, minimised, 
that opportunity to see family and friends that you haven't for quite a while will draw those connections and, and those hopes of getting that time with those who are nearest and dearest to you, mm-hmm. um, making it really special because we're thinking about it already. You know, can we get to Melbourne? Can I see my brand mm. new nephew, hold him in my arms? Mm. Um, will that be a possibility? And we're already talking about what Christmas will look like, how we're going to share it between mm. the people that we haven't seen and, and stay here and, and, and enjoy our holiday break as well. So here's this significant time that we all, we're all aware of, might not necessarily celebrate, but we're all aware of, and you're saying that because we're aware of it and we know it is a significant time in our timetable, in our annual timetable, that there, there's much to be anticipated about it. What about, um, do you think that there'll be disappointment around it? I think Christmas can be really hard for a lot of families. I always say it's uh, God's joke that brothers and sisters get get on with one another, but the in-laws get on as well, and then mm. you can put several different combinations of family in one room and think it's all going to be harmonious and lovely. But I think we're going to approach it with a different mindset this year because it's not something that we have to do. It's something that we're hopefully going to have the opportunity to bring those people together and Mm. it should and could give it a different level of meaning and appreciation Mm -hmm. where we put aside some of our quibbles and some of our own personal um, preferences for turkey or ham or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. and just appreciate the company of each other and the time together in what is really special because we've been looking forward to it mm-hmm. rather than fulfilling the expectation that we always go to, you know, Gran and Gramps' place on Christmas morning because we have to. So you said something about meaning before. So you're saying that it has extra meaning this year in terms of relating, in terms of connecting with others, in terms of our... Is it a realisation? Do you think this year we've, we've had realisations about the importance of connection and family and relationships. I really do. And I think, especially when we've seen those pictures of our uh, older family members in nursing homes and and community centres where that physical contact hasn't been there, we've come to realise that older people can be very isolated during the holidays when the rest of us are getting on with our busyness. And that that has a space in our hearts Mm -hmm. and in our minds this year, perhaps more than ever. Um, My brother is an essential worker and he very rarely gets Christmas and New Year's off. And we've just come to understand that in our family and we have pre-Christmas and post-Christmas. But I think those essential workers will have a special place in our hearts and minds this year as well. On the back of the bushfires last year, we're going to have a renewed appreciation for, for the for the firefighters who are out there uh, and the surf lifesavers, the volunteers in our community who perhaps mm-hmm. haven't had the attention that they keep working during this, this period and mm-hmm. their families celebrate without them or at different times. And that's another level of awareness that I think this last 12 months will bring to, to our groups and families and friends. Great. 
and again, just on that subject, or the topic of meaning, from a religious point of view, of course, Christmas has significant meaning um, that in terms of the baby Jesus coming. And uh, we often talk about, you know, love, joy, peace and hope mm. coming in that baby. Do you think that meaning, the, the, the traditional religious meaning, uh, is relevant? How, how do we make it relevant or can, we, can it be relevant? to those who may not be Christian or celebrate Christmas, can those things still uh, pervade an ins a society that we're recognising, you're saying we need these things, but how does, it, how, does, how does that message come through in a tradition like Christmas? And I think it comes through with those very themes, particularly the one of hope. You know, new birth, new babies bring hope of, of a future, of, mm -hmm. a, of a better time. And for a non-religious person, just looking at a day in the calendar where we say, let's think about all the good things that are, we've had in our lives that's, that's coming, is that opportunity to reflect and be hopeful. And... Thinking about it, I thought of a time when we were actually in Malaysia for Christmas and it was my first Christmas outside of Australia right. in a predominantly Muslim country and Garfield was in the middle of all the shopping centres. <laughs> and I'm tossing up why these families are getting their family photos with the little kids with Garfield right. because there's no Santa. Right. But it's still marked in a predominantly Muslim country a time of celebration, of hope, of um, giving and receiving, even though it wasn't in the Christian yeah, right. tradition. Right. And I went, this is universal. Yeah. This is not about, um, for non-Christians, mm. the birth of a child that brings the good news of, of um, hope. It is just a pause in our calendar that says... Let's think about things differently. And I think that message is universal. Yeah. Um, different religions have that marker in different um, celebrations and festivals. But I do think the rest of the world, in its own way, embraces this Christmas period and this Christmas season as a, a way of expressing love and hope. Mm. Why is it then that, that it takes a, an event or a... Why do you think it takes an event or a, um, a celebration, a tradition to do that? I guess, you know, when, I, when you think about the whole year, we have International Women's Day, we have NAIDOC Week this week, we have, you know, a whole bunch of different things. Well, it's not NAIDOC Week this week if you're listening to it, it was a couple of weeks ago. But why, you know, all these things which are important to us as humans, hope and peace and joy... Yet, we continue to need reminders. We need, mm. we need to have these markers along the way. Um, what is it? What is it that, that, you know, we can sort of try and turn it on? You're saying at the beginning, talking about wanting to have family together, the importance of relationship, trying to make things work. Uh, but for the rest of the year, it might not have that same importance or enthusiasm around it. 
What stops us, do you think? It's our human nature and it's our busyness. We can find things to do as opposed to find spaces to do things in. Right. And that's what I think, whether it be religious festivals or religious occasions or Remembrance Day, it actually makes us, in an organisational framework of a calendar, say, stop Mm. and make room for this. Mm. Make room to remember. Make room to acknowledge. Make room to bring these messages into your life to set, reset your course. And is there anything wrong with that? Is there no. anything wrong with doing that, that just once a year? No. I would argue that we need to do it more often <laughs> yeah. to find space in our lives more regularly to be open to the messages um, of our religious faiths because we have more in common than we do differences Mm -hmm. and that that message of peace and love and hope and joy cuts across all the major religious traditions so for us as christians at christmas time that's our reset button to say make space let this message in live it over these these days Mm. and hopefully be mindful going forward I think for me, Easter didn't exist because our Easter ceremonies were virtual this year. And we, mm. when we started to think, well, where did we go for Easter and what did we do? For me and my family, we didn't have those markers yeah. and it got lost. Yeah. Easter got lost. And one of the big things I'm looking forward to is reconnecting with my religious community mm. because we haven't been together and, and um, co-celebrated so that for me, getting home, um, back to the country, seeing those friends and family, mm, and uh, and for some, it's it's the people we see only once a year because we yeah, do go to midnight right. mass, and that's everyone right. does try and make a big effort to get there, and then we'll stand around for an hour afterwards. And now I'm not a kid; I don't mind it. I'm happy to stand around for an hour <laughs> after midnight mass and have a chat and find out what's happened in the year and yeah. catch up with people and just get that check in that. We don't keep in close contact, but always interested in in the families. Mm. And, uh, you know, they're the families that go back, not just to my parents, but my grandparents and my great-grandparents out home. So that's a lovely check-in too. Mm. And that's that joy and that hope and that love and that sharing of community that I think country people have really held on to. Um, Mm. So that's why for me, there has to be some space for us to get out home and yeah. And, and enjoy those stories of a very good harvest this year too, might I add. So that's going to give after that's five great. years of yeah, drought of people great hope. That gives people great hope. That's right. How do you give hope? How do you give hope to people who, you know, a lot of people are doing it tough this year. Mm. What is it? How do, you, how do you provide that for other people? How do you encourage hope in other people? Connection. Yeah? Connection. What do you mean by that? It's giving people a sense that they have meaning and purpose. So you can do that by looking at somebody and engaging with them as they speak to you. And that, that communication, and you've taught me this from, from our time working together up at Rough Edges here at Darlinghurst, that if people feel a meaningful connection and 
you communicate that back with your eyes, with your voice, that that they know people care and that mm. is a genuine care that gives them hope that they are counted, that they are worthwhile, that we recognise them as members mm. of our community. And that's all people, I think, people are looking for. Mm. That's a good point. And they're not doing it alone, I guess. No, because we're sharing in it. Mm. And, and I remember when uh, Hughes Street and Wayside Chapel Christmas lunch was not the occasion it is now. It yeah. really was only a few people who got in there on Christmas Eve and uh, we owned a, a place in Hughes Street, so, you know, years ago, and, and it was only 10 or so people, but yeah. still 50 or more um, friends of, yeah. the, of the, the Wayside Chapel that used to come, and now... Yeah, it's massive. It, it is. It's a real centre where people connect, feel welcomed... Their situations are acknowledged, they're not judged, mm. and it gives them hope mm. that people care. Yeah. And they're the sorts of things that we can all acknowledge and share in our Christmas story, in yeah. our Christmas time. Another way that we're making a connection, as you're talking about, Marg, and uh, maybe not to people that we don't know, yeah. uh, each year we do an Anglicare drive mm. uh, where we collect toys for kids. And every uh, form class, every normal class in the primary school is asked, different kids are asked to bring in different gifts. And they're handed out to, to families to give to their kids when they may not be able to provide gifts for them. And to join in on that hope that you're talking about, to join in on that celebration of a tradition. Um, so... Can I just say there... The thing that I love about the way Skeggs does that, mm. uh, and it was a new learning for me when I came here, was it's not just about a gift. The way that the secondary school does it is the form captains and vice captains and the form group actually choose a gender and age. They then think about what would this child or young adult really like? Mm. What is it that would bring them joy in this time of year. It's thoughtful, it's communal, it's collective. Yeah. And then a group of them will go and purchase the gift. It's not charity of putting your hand in your pocket and just bringing a coin right. in. This is purposeful. Yeah. And I think as our Skeggs community, it's a lovely way of helping the girls just reset and readjust and look at what their expectations are yeah. and have the mindfulness and the understanding that there are those in our community who need our thoughts and our actions and yeah. our service. It's considered, isn't it? It really is considered. Yeah, and and, considered and when we get to sit and see all those lovely, thoughtful gifts come into the, the Great Hall, mm. um, all the prefects loading them onto the truck, it's those very physical reminders that this time is not just about us. It's mm. about our families and our wider groups and our communities. And, and yeah, Skeggs no, does great. that really well. Oh, great. I'm glad you've, I'm glad you've observed that. <laughs> well, just a couple of things in closing. First of all, uh, thank you very much, Mark, for having this conversation. Um, it's, I hope it made sense. Oh, it made a lot of sense. <laughs> it's very helpful. Very helpful. And... Um, 
I think those messages, it's important to be able to celebrate the messages and to share those messages with one another, whether you're religious or not, to be able to, as you said, to have time to stop to consider what does actually mean personally, but also communally, is an important point. Um, as I said, the Anglicare collection is happening, so if you yes. want to bring those gifts in as soon as possible, that would be great. The... the End music that you hear at the end of this podcast, as I've said in the past, it's by a young girl by the name of Samantha Millen in Year 7, and I've just been informed that she won third place in a national music songwriting competition with this song. Not We've only got a snippet, a snippet of this song, but uh, she, has, uh, she has won this award, third place for, for the Fuller song, which is part of the the COVID song. It's called the COVID song. There you go. Thank you, Mr. Lyers, who's sitting in here being our producer. <laughs> so well done, Sammy. Good work. And I'd just like to wish everybody out there a very happy Christmas, a safe Christmas, a good holiday. Uh, thank you again for all your support this year, all your feedback for this podcast and other things. I look forward to seeing you all next year. For those parents and families who might be finishing their Skeg's mm -hmm. career, all the best to you, those staff members as well. Uh, please keep in touch. I always consider you part of the community, whether you're here or not. Whatever part you've played, however long you've been here, you're always part of our community and I hope you always feel like you belong. But as I said, all the best. Love you all. Have a happy Christmas. See you soon. Have a happy Christmas, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.